Hello, everybody. My name is Paige the Point, and I'm about to share with you my thoughts on imagination in its entirety, and also how it pertains to children's literature in this podcast. For this episode, I will be introducing the concept of imagination, the evolution of it, and also the history of it in children's literature. So when looking back at how modern humans have evolved, scientists have noticed an increase in brain size, advances and improvements in technical skills and creativity, and also development in social complexities. Things like farming, sophisticated tool making, complex language development, the performance of rituals, and the development of art and crafting all required a complex development of thought and mental interaction, which is clearly imagination. Besides having a great imagination, a more developed neural networking system within the brain that connects the different areas of brain function must have had some part to play in all of this. Now, the majority of these specific changes had evolved between 500,000 and 200,000 years ago, which then led to the emergence of the modern human. Over the years, even with an advanced brain like ours, imagination becomes less and less relevant. As you become an adult and as you learn more, you then use past experiences and knowledge to come up with something viable. It is no less creative, it's just not as wonder-like as what a child would come up with. As you gain more knowledge over time, you sort of start to lose that raw and abstract imagination you had as a kid. The same concept is noticeable in how our world functions. As people have created systems on how our countries work, or how our communities work, and even how our family life is in our houses, people rely less on the raw and carefree imagination because the people in charge of making these decisions and new ideas for our country and for our communities are adults and so they are mainly using those past experiences they already have. I think that is something that is holding us back and it's something that is preventing us from making brand new decisions because we can't look outside of what we already know. I think that what people forget about and the thing that is affecting the evolution of imagination is that everything we know originally came from nothing. People's imaginations and curiosity helped us create the first tools and helped us discover fire, how to cook, how to build structures, and even our languages. Still, for me personally, the concept of languages is still so strange and it's absurd to think about how people took gibberish and then created the alphabet and then put those letters together to create words and then gave those words meaning. It is even more crazy to think about how we have thousands of languages and each of them is unique and none of them are exactly the same. And I mean, anyone can relate that whenever they hear people speak in another language, it sounds like gibberish, but they're having meaningful conversations and they're connecting with one another. And I think that's something very special about us as humans. Besides what we just talked about and how imagination is not always being used in its raw and pure form and how that affects our world, it is also important to consider the different time periods and what was happening in the world at that time and also specifically what the children were doing since they are the ones that carry some of the strongest imaginations out there. For example, if we specifically look at the Industrial Revolution, which occurred between 1760 and 1840, This was a time when child labor was a big thing and children had to work to help their families. 
because of these responsibilities, some of them could not attend school. They didn't have the time for it, or they didn't have the time to go outside and play every day. And because of this, that dimmed the imagination for many kids because they were looked at as adults, and therefore they thought like one and acted like one, which is really sad to think about. And so when specifically looking at adults... It is most noticeable how they lack imagination when looking at the school system or in politics and how the government runs the country. In these areas, there have not been any clear changes or improvements to change how these things work. People have not strayed off from the path that school politics and government ruling has been on. And I think that there are many ideas that creative minds could come up with that would benefit our country. For one, when it comes to the school system, how a student does in school all depends on test scores, and no one can deny that. And personally, as a student, I always feel that way, and it just, it makes me think that I'm not as smart, or think that because my whole grade always depends on test scores, and I think that it's sad that it has to be that way, and we don't get to have that creative side and that's what I really do like about this project is that we get to kind of share that side of ourselves and so by having children learn in a way that's based on test scores they're taught that there's only one solution or only a certain right way and a certain wrong way and this whole concept put into schooling damages children's imagination and creativity and it takes away their broad and open perspective on learning For humans, what happens in the first few years of our childhood sets the stage for the rest of our lives. Because of this, it is very important in these first years and from then on out for our imagination to be encouraged. To do this, I can't think of a better way than to encourage imagination through children's books and even the occasional movie. Now, when thinking back to the time of the Industrial Revolution, You can imagine that there wasn't many crazy imaginative children's books and that is until around the time of Lewis Carroll and his release of Alice in Wonderland in 1865, which is what we previously talked about in the semester. And even at the time of its publication, the novel was considered a masterpiece. It was imaginative and strange and the novel utilized tropes that were not new to writings for children, such as a lost child and magical animals, but they presented them in a way that turned them on their head. Adrienne Rivera noted in her blog The History of Children's Literature from the 19th Century to Today that the novel plays with magic, math, logic, and language in a way that was altogether new and remains an inspiration for modern writers. The scope of the world created in Carroll's novel changed the face of literature for children. It is said that creativity was lost to children and all people in that time period. I think that Lewis Carroll brought a fresh idea to light that defied the natural world and allowed the creativity in people's minds to be triggered and also allow them to enjoy and dive into just a silly story. In his story, they were talking animals, animals in human clothes. Alice was shrinking and growing. She played croquet with a flamingo, and etc. Since then, more children's stories have come to light that really bring imagination forward and force the reader to really expand their thoughts and feelings. For example, 
Pinocchio and Treasure Island were released in 1883. The Jungle Book came in 1894. The Wizard of Oz, which was in 1900. Winnie the Pooh was published in 1926. Um, the Dr. Zeus' stories, which started being published in 1937. There were many of those, and I know many people have heard of those, and I've read many of them. There was also Jumanji in 1981, and Polar Express was in 1985. And even in the 90s, we got books like The Giver, which was in 1993, and Harry Potter, the whole Harry Potter series, had begun in the late 90s. And there are some people, too, who want to fight these stories, and they don't want them to be allowed in schools because animals shouldn't be able to talk or magic spells shouldn't be taught to kids. But it is special for kids to believe in things like that. And it's so special for them to dive deeper into what life could be and allow them to have those dreams and have those fantasies. There was one Stanford article that explained imagination really well, and I just wanted to share that. The article stated that one can use imagination to re- to represent possibilities other than the actual and to represent times other than the present and to represent perspectives other than one's own. Unlike perceiving and believing, imagining something does not require one to consider that something to be the case. And unlike desiring or anticipating, imagining something does not require one to wish or expect that something to be the case. And I just thought that was such a wise realization. And it was really something interesting for me to think about. And I think a good thing for others to think about. And to just break down that whole kind of concept of imagination and what it really means. And I thought that was really cool. Besides just books, I would also have to say and agree that movies are a special way to ignite your imagination and creativity right in front of your eyes. For me, personally... I am a huge fan of Marvel, and I just I love watching their movies and TV shows, and I would really recommend watching them if you haven't already. When their comics first started coming out in 1939, people loved them. You know, to think about having superpowers and for kids to play pretend and build off and create their own heroic adventures is something that is so special. Um, and once Marvel started creating their movies, it took that imagination that was already you know put into people and it took it one step further and helped make it a reality and it helped people connect with it even more beyond even just dreaming of having superpowers marvel has given me a standard for where i want to hold myself and the heroes i want to be like they have created the perfect people and the most respectable people and that has helped me push myself to be a better person and to keep my values in check, honestly. And just encouraging imagination is so powerful, and this concept of imagination has evolved a lot over the years, and it is still being used in different ways today. I, I truly can't wait to see how imagination continues to evolve in children through literature, and I look forward to seeing what the future generations will be able to do with that imagination. And I think it has a big future in front of it, and... I just hope that people take more advantage of it. And I think that really great things could happen. And so I thank you for joining me. And I hope you join me again for my next episode where we just talk about um, what people think imagination is to them and how they see it in their lives. So I will see you then.
Bye.